Greetings, basement dwellers of the world. It is uh, another wonderful episode of the Bandwagon Nerds podcast. I believe this is episode, what is this, 31, Dan? 32? 32. 32. 32. 32. Sir. And that is a, a different uh, a different intro because our fearless leader, Patrick O'Dowd, has abandoned us. I mean, just ditched out on us, Dan. Uh, you know, I mean, we needed a stripped down version of the podcast or something and, you know. <laughs> I know it's chaotic in the world and he runs away from from, from that high of what six people on a few episodes ago. Now we're just the skeleton <laughs> crew here, just DP and myself. And oh, wait, we're going to get a third person, though, is my wife's going to going to try and join in here. Um, I don't know. She was here, but then she left. Who knows? <laughs> she knows better. She but uh, knows better. yeah, she knows better. But yeah, Patrick is uh, on vacation defying social distancing and just saying, fuck it. Going to the New Hampshire coast, which we talked about last week, is I didn't even realize New Hampshire had a coast. Uh, it's not like real high on my list of uh, of uh, what are you doing, babe? It's Dan. There's Dan. Oh, <laughs> she just, <laughs> she just rolled out of bed and I'm, I'm on I'm on a four hours into a Benadryl. So yeah, I was She's, gonna say you look a little worn. It's a gonna tired. be awesome podcasting. That's exactly how you want to do it when you're on a Benadryl bender. Um, then, you know, that's, that's the way to do a podcast, you know? So it's the best when oh, the-, the heat kicks, kicks in the allergies, you know, summer's coming, the allergies kick in. I know mine are always horrible too. So I get it. You're going to make it, babe. This is going to be a fun podcast. I can tell already, Dan, we got, we got the wife just, you know, Benadryl hangover and, uh, Hey, so anyway, <laughs> but yeah, Patrick is on, va- on vacation today. Uh, it's just me and you. No one else is around. Everybody's got, you know, go figure. Father's Day, they got shit going on. Platt's right. got stuff going on. Tunney's probably hitting the links. Who knows? You know, you guys in your vacations during the social pandemics and everything that you're supposed to stay away. You go on vacation. Now Patrick's like, this is it my turn. Do I get to go somewhere? You should. You should. I, I, maybe I should start looking. I, I don't know. I, I need to. I should take a week off. <laughs> yeah, you should. Yeah, it'll just be just be me and the dogs talking to myself. It'll be like an episode of Attitude of Aggression. It's going to be just like oh that, God. just me talking to myself. So, uh, well, we got a, We got a fun show. We're going to uh, DP and I are going to go through a few things, um, touch on a few kind of a slow week, a little bit news wise, as far as the nerdosphere goes. Um, we got got some stuff to talk about. We got a pretty cool announcement about next week's show. That'll be fun. Get to share that with the people. Anytime we get guests on, it's a good time, and uh, we're going to have some good guests. You know, I guess let's start off talking about, uh, Patrick had sent a link earlier in the week about some uh, movie news about uh, Bill and Ted, the sequel to Bill and Ted is actually getting moved up instead of getting pushed out, which is shocking in this day and age that we're actually getting a movie coming out a week earlier than uh, anticipated. I know we talked about the Bill and Ted trailer or whatever it was, you know, and, and speculation as to whether Keanu Reeves is now too refined to be Ted. Um, on the opposite side of the spectrum, Patty Jenkins announced that Wonder Woman got pushed to October, which is certainly very disappointing, but not exactly unexpected. So, um, you know, your thoughts on this DP. I mean, we got, we got movies are trying to reopen and, you know, off the air, you and I were talking about just how fucked everything is getting that, you know, as soon as people decided to reopen, everybody dropped their guard thinking that the virus wasn't there. And next thing you know, record number of cases all around the country. 
And you know, I've, I've, I've talked to my wife about it before. I'm like, well, they're probably of the opinion that as long as the hospitals can handle it, who cares? Let them die. You know, <laughs> I don't know about that, but, <laughs> but I mean, that seems to be the attitude. A lot of people are having is like, I'll take my chances with the virus. I'm sick of this thing. Um, but what are your thoughts? I mean, the idea, the concept of a uh, movie theaters reopening in any respect, you know, is there a future in that? Is, is, is what, what are your thoughts on this stuff? Well, definitely not surprised that movies are getting pushed back still, you know, Wonder Woman getting pushed back makes a lot of sense, you know, until, until everything can be fully back to normal. A movie like that is definitely, you know, one that's going to gross a lot of money and they don't want to risk things still being closed. I was really surprised that Bill and Ted got moved up, I guess. I, you know, for the fact that it's, you know, a cult classic type of movie, you know, genre or, or you know, series that I'm sure everybody's going to want to go see, you know, maybe they have, I don't know, maybe there's some kind of uh, plan for that one, um, why they're moving it up. But I know around here, uh, the Marcus movie theaters are uh, kind of our local one. And I know that's like, I think it's like the fourth biggest chain in the country, but uh, they're slowly opening back up. I think this was their first week uh, this last weekend that a limited number of them are opening up and then like only for certain days. And I, I guess I don't know how they're handling the amount of people that are going to each movie, because I would think again, with social distancing, you wouldn't want them sitting next to each other. But the the issue I guess with that I get to is you can't trust people, you know, like you said, everybody just dropped their guard and said, okay, you know, things are open back up. Oh, it's all fine. Great. You know? And right. then look what happens. Right. This is, this is classic pandemic, you know? It starts to drop, everybody drops their guard, and boom, record numbers back up again. We right. spike. So Right. And like out here in California, now yeah. it's mandatory to wear face coverings in public, which is, of course, very controversial. And you can watch some of the, I mean, people are talking about, it's my constitutional right not to wear one of those. Like, uh, no, <laughs> it's actually not, <laughs> true. not true. But, uh, you know, you can think what you want. But uh, it's, um, yeah, it's disturbing. I don't know, babe. Has Studio, Mo- Studio Movie Grill reopened in any respect that you know of? I thought it had, but I haven't confirmed that. And if it if it has, it's one of the ones that only opened in very limited capacity. Although when I do go over to um, Freddy's to get a wonderful PB&C concrete that's not keto, the parking lot does seem suspiciously full. Mm. So Studio, well, go ahead, Dan. Yeah, no, I was going to say that's, you know, that's part of it, right? It's limited capacity. Like, I get it. And you'd probably want to keep everybody separate. But, you know, when they walk in that door, you know, especially with a movie theater, you want those seats basically in the middle as best you can. So everybody's going to clump together and probably sit in that middle and be all cozy, cozy with everybody. And there goes the idea of social distancing. Right. And I mean, it's going to be up to, um, you know, the people who are running facilities, uh, venues, and things like that to actually enforce this stuff. I mean, you talked about your own experiences with indie wrestling trying to make a comeback, and just that's not the type of crowd that is going to honor those sort of social distancing because they just get caught up in the moment, you know, and that sort of thing, and everything's out the window. But, you know, Disneyland has announced plans to try and reopen on July 17th, which would be the 65th anniversary of the park opening with a, um, it's an interesting way they're doing it. I know my wife's a huge Disney fan. Yay! I can't wait to go back. I want to go back so bad. I want to go back. I want to step Candy Cane in. I want to walk downtown and breathe the air of downtown Disney. You sound like the rock in Rundown where he's like paralyzed on the ground. I want cheese tortellini and I want this. 
<laughs> I want to ride through pirates and breathe the smell of the water. God, what does it smell like? It smells like pirates, and it's the most amazing, relaxing. Smell have you ever of been weird water? And I like want to go through small world, soaking dirty feet. No, no, it does not smell. It's like it's heat. interesting. There is a distinct smell to the Pirates of the Caribbean ride, as there is to Haunted Mansion. That is uh that is unique, and it's not bad. It's not a bad smell, but it's a unique smell. We actually got candles here recently to try to replicate that. Marginally successful. <laughs> that's is uh, that's one place I've never been to. Really? I'm, I'm in the Midwest. I'm right in between both options on the different coasts, and I can't. I've never been to one of them. I do want to go, and I want to like. I especially want to go to Legoland because that's like my my dream. But <laughs> I just it never has happened yet. You should make your dream come true and come out to California. Well, WrestleMania yes. allegedly is going to be in uh, L.A. next year. I have my doubts as to whether that's going to happen at this point, but. Uh, if it does, you and Tony get on the plane out here. You gotta. Yeah. You can stay here with me, man. We'll drive you to Anaheim. Oh, we'll drive you to Anaheim. I love it. It's perfect. How far, how far of a drive is that? Two and a half to three hours, depending on traffic. It's a piece of cake. So eight hours. No, no, no. Three, <laughs> no, three and no. a half at the worst. No, 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 it's not. No, from our house to San Diego is four not hours. San Diego with traffic. Talking Anaheim. Oh, Anaheim. Uh, three hours and 10 minutes at the very worst. And that was last year. And I forget it was a Friday. I made it from Bakersfield to San Diego in three hours once. So. Wow. How yeah. fast were you going? And that was with no bathroom breaks, obviously. No, I didn't need. I don't. I'm not you. I don't need to take a bathroom break every hour. Hey, I can't help the way I was born. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Disneyland, slowly the wheel starting to turn. Uh, the national parks out here started to. Uh, I was going to take my son to Yosemite this weekend uh, and come back in time for the show. But they're doing they're like only allowing in X number of vehicles. They're not policing people. But they are policing the number of vehicles. They've cut it in about in half uh, for like Yosemite. That's something that is something. Um, but it, it's interesting. Like they're, I didn't, I didn't realize they're opening up like eighty percent of the park. Like at the beginning of the month, they sell eighty percent of the tickets for the month. Then the remaining twenty percent, they'll sell like two days out. So you got to get it two days out. And uh, I mean, you would think, Jesus, Yosemite National Park is fucking huge. How are you possibly going to catch coronavirus up there? But you don't want to take Catch any chance. Yeah, hey, you meet Catch somebody. You meet somebody on a trailhead, and it's just like, oh, I sneezed on somebody in the middle of a national park, and you know, or you get mauled by a bear. Bears are running wild through there right now because there's nobody there. Right. So yeah, so yeah, uh, interesting movie news. Not not a whole lot going on. I haven't heard. Uh, have you heard anything about Tenant? Tenant is still on on track, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I haven't seen anything on that one, so I, I got to imagine it's still on pace. That's the one I definitely want to see. That's, That's the the big uh, Christopher Nolan one. Um, but let's let's shift gears. Let's talk about uh, our weekly pilgrimage into the fucked up world of uh, superheroes for hire or whatever it is. The boys episode four. DP, I made the comment last night after watching episode four that uh, Homelander is. Um, He's a big old cunt, you know, that's uh, stealing the words from Butcher because he loves to throw that word around. But yeah, Homelander is just an absolute jack off. I mean, it, what a what a douchebag. This episode. I mean, to, huh? So you start to realize that more and more oh with each episode. God, I mean, it's just I mean, and th- this ep- this fourth episode was uh was very interesting because they introduced this new character. Uh, and I don't know who she I don't think we ever got her name. But it's uh you know there's there's a there's what she's a young Asian character 
um, in a cage where they're trying to find where A-Train is taking the compound V to, you know, and, and that sort of thing. And this girl gets loose and then Frenchie's trying to reason with her. And you immediately think, okay, he's got some sort of weird connection to her. Meanwhile, you got Homelander and Queen Maeve uh, have an opportunity to stop a hijacking and become heroes to everybody and, and, and wiggle their way into the military. And that goes horribly, horribly wrong where they seem to stop the hijackers. But Maeve realizes that, okay, one's missing. What's going on with the captain? Then, you know, they shoot the captain and everybody that pl- the controls to the plane are shot to hell. And Maeve, you know, she wants to try and save all these people on this plane. But Homelander is like, no. And she's like, well, go out there and just catch the plane. He's like, what am I supposed to stand on? Just the air? And I'm like thinking to myself, Superman did it, you dick. You know, that sort of thing. <laughs> Superman could do yeah. that. I mean, I don't understand why he couldn't do that. Yeah, why could you at least try? You know, why couldn't you try Superman? Yeah, I mean, in Superman Returns, he stops that fucking plane. Uh, from crashing, you know, of course, Lois was on it, which he had much more motivation. But I mean, you got that going on. You got Huey and Starlight with their budding romance and, and Starlight taking it easy on him in the bowling alley. And then Huey is basically like, stop taking it easy on me. And he's going through some major issues with seeing things like seeing his dead girlfriend looking at him like, why are you hanging out with this girl? And then he gives in and 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 taps her phone and i mean there's just a lot of stuff going the deep not maybe not quite the asshole we thought he was conflicted and then and that poor dolphin man <laughs> that dolphin part was oh my god that was so bad i got busted into tears that like hurt <laughs> right? my heart yeah and the dolphin oh. and the dolphin apparently wanted the deep to do something to him touch her it's, in a certain place and, yeah uh yeah but yeah, the deep, he just, um, you saw a little bit of a glimmer of maybe there is a, a, there is more to him than we thought. You start wondering about who this Mallory chick is who got torched by somebody. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on in episode four and it just, you just know that, okay, Homelander's, and then you got to love at the end where Homelander, as big as a douchebag as he is, you got to give the guy credit for turning this whole thing around and taking this tragedy. And I start wondering, it's like, maybe he meant for the plane to crash the whole time so he could spin this to their advantage. And the next thing you know, people are chanting Homelander's name when he's just a piece of shit coward. I don't know. Another, another excellent episode of The Boys. Uh, DP, what are your thoughts on this thing? Oh, uh, yeah. It's just that that whole Homelander obviously is does not give a single shit about anybody at all except for himself. And like you just realize that he doesn't want to make the effort, right? That's what I kind of get from him is like, he just like, eh, I don't even want to bother. I don't want to try. It doesn't, does it help me? Does it affect me? Nah, fuck him. Let him die. You know, like you, like you said, he don't tell me he couldn't pick up that plane or get in front of it and stop it. And he's got to be strong enough to hold onto a plane. Give me a break. I think he's just, he just doesn't want to do it. He's like, eh, yeah, leaves, leaves the laziest superhero who's out for everything but himself. And it just becomes more evident every time. And, you know, yeah, poor Maeve, who wants to save everybody and at least save, you know, tries to save the one little girl and her, and her, you know, mother and Homelander could have easy carried them. But, you know, can't do that because then she can talk and say what really happened on this flight, you know, and how we, we did let everybody die. It's just, it's, oh, it's just brutal. It's so brutal to see that. And, you know, that that continues to be a story. And, yeah, this this new uh, woman, this uh, Asian lady who 
as get gets released, we don't know what her deal is. She seems to have some kind of some kind of superpower in some sense, but we don't know if that's has she been she been doused with the compound V regularly, or why is she why is she being held captive? What how what where does she fit in? We don't know. And she has the power you know, to rip she, your spine out through your ass, apparently. Oh, so uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean that, that was good. Yeah, that was that oh. was fun. Uh, man, <laughs> Jesus. But um, yeah, she tore that one lady apart yeah. in the <laughs> in the uh, nail salon, but we don't know why. We have no idea. And she can obviously um, as, so. uh, um, absorb a tremendous amount of punishment because how many times does A Train slam her head into that wall at oh. super speed, and she just gets yeah. up and walks away? I, I, and so there's something about her that okay, she's very powered and that sort of thing. And uh, yeah, I mean. I'm sorry, DP. Keep going. Keep rolling, man. I didn't no, mean no. to cut you off there. <laughs> no, that's totally fine. Yeah, I just, you know, she's got to fit in here somehow. So it's, it's, you know, we got to learn what she's doing or where she belongs in this. Is you know, obviously she was held captive for a reason. So I, I can't wait to find out, you know, why. Basically, well, I mean, I've, I have watched it, you know, before, but a lot of this I've forgotten. So it's kind of nice to relive it. And the, the whole dolphin thing, yeah. I remembered, I remembered the part where it gets catapulted through the front windshield, but I couldn't, I didn't remember the truck that comes by and just takes it out. Oh, it was so brutal. It just, uh, just awful. So, awful. I mean, yeah. and the poor dolphins looking him in the eyes as he's crashing through the window <laughs> and no seat belts for the poor dolphin. It's just, it's just uh, awful. It's yeah. just, I mean, and, and, now, it, and, it, and it's just the deep is just like, I look at the deep, but I think you are just the most pathetic version of Aquaman possible. Yeah. That just like, it's the same general power set, but none of what makes Aquaman great. You're the polar opposite. You're not even worthy of Submariner. You know, you're that fucking bad. You know, I mean, it just, and yeah. I like Submariner, but I mean, I've always preferred Aquaman over him, but yeah, the deep is just like. You've got issues, dude, and, and yeah. myriad issues going on here. And and then you've got Huey and Starlight, who clearly like each other, and Huey's so conflicted between what he's supposed oh, to yeah. do. You know, am, am I am I supposed to come clean with her? And you think he's going to, but then he actually just challenges her as a, why are you taking it easy on me? So Huey doesn't oh. know what to do. He doesn't know whether Butcher's right, whether Starlight's full of shit, or whether she's genuine. And you you just get the feeling, okay, that's going to evolve. Oh, yeah. You have that hope. You know, he has that hope that she's genuine, but yet, yeah, still conflicted and decides anyway to put that tracker into her phone so that, you yeah. know, they can keep an eye on things. So, yeah. you know, he's, you know, his conflicts are, that's going to come to a head at some point, obviously. And so that's, it's, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. What do you do? Yeah, I, it's so I, hard. I mean, if you're, you know, he wants that revenge, but he's he in also a, doesn't want to hurt her. Right. Right. And he's in a no and, and, and he wants that revenge. But see, and this is where it's going sideways with him. And as far as I'm concerned, like he wants a revenge against a train. Uh, and, and now it's kind of evolved into him getting sucked into this group's revenge against the seven as an overall group. And so he's yeah. caught in the middle of this thing between his heart and his head. I, I just I can't imagine it's going to end well, <laughs> but based on everything else that has happened in these first four episodes, I don't think anything's going to end well. <laughs> no. And I know my wife, she's, uh, she's, uh, up to episode eight. She's at the very end of this thing. But if you can remember episode four, babe, what are your, what are your thoughts on this whole thing? 
if the Benadryl will allow you to talk. Oh, okay. Well, um, first, I let the um, name of this episode is Female of the Species, and it's played by Karen Fukuhara, who was Katana in The Suicide Squad. She did look familiar. Yes. That's right. Yes, yes, doesn't uh, she? Okay. And so, uh, but her character here, yes, does not have a name yet, um, is kick ass. And I will say this Compound V is just amazing shit. Um, wait until you see where this one takes you. It's Can wicked. I get some? No, no, oh, I'm not. Right? No, no, I don't think so. Is it so. like a, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I could if it's that good. I, I want it. I'll even let you shoot it in my ass, shoot it in my hip, hun. If you can find me some, <laughs> shoot it in my hip, please. Uh, okay. And then, <laughs> and obviously, Frenchie is instantly smitten with this chick. I mean, there's no denying he yeah. is. He is all on board with her, even though he knows she is the most dangerous thing. Probably he's ever encountered even with already his experience with soups and let's face it he's had some experience with soups yeah there's some uh loose reference to the, like i say in the thing with mallory something went very wrong with that whole situation yeah yeah and we don't know about torchlight yeah torchlight the name of the other torchlight yeah the other superhero or whatever that it happened yeah we yeah, don't know enough he, about he that he made yet. it clear that each one is different and destroying them requires unique original ideas to destroy them like a suppository bomb you know yeah yeah i just want superman to show up i want superman to show up and just punch his chest his hand through homelander's chest say there you go dickhead Ah. (laughs) and then um oh the 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 train the not the train the plane (laughs) the plane um when homelander's out there looking at people through the window and of course they've just gotten through showing the little boy and and then homelander lasers the wing and whatever else happened it just it is so cruel and and cold and it's awful and poor Maeve she's out there in there trying to make a difference and save the situation somehow some way especially for the for the children you know that little girl that her mother is begging her to please take her please take her and Homelander is just basically threatening her with his no you can't do that you can't, we can't, you know why, and this and that. And it's, it's just... What, do you want me to fly up and down 112 times or whatever? 123 right. just, times, that's it's right. It's horrible yeah. to sit there and watch that because you're 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 kind of on the edge of your seat. You, know, you got to save them. You got to save, save the kids. You, you can't just, you can't let the kids die. Oh, he let the kids die. Yeah, I mean, the thing with Homelander is he is the antithesis of Superman. Every time I look at him, I want to say... He looks like he's got a Superman power set, but I'm like really seriously doubting that. And it's like he's more like Ultraman from the crime syndicate in the in the DC comics. I mean, he's got that mindset. Fuck everybody. You know, he's he's, he's like a uh, Hancock. Yes. <laughs> I remember, yeah. I remember having, he's definitely all these powers and just doesn't give a hot shit. <laughs> right. But um, he actually does give a shit, I think, because um, he had this boy has his own agenda. He's, All right, we're going to find out about that, I'm sure. Yeah, but but even from this episode, this I think is where you really see that he starts tilting his hand toward what he has in mind, what his vision is for the seven and um that really he's 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 not this 
he's kind of played off in some manner as kind of not as smart as maybe he should be, when in fact he may be the smartest one and he's just um, playing things out in a certain way to get his way. We will see what we will see. It's it's uh it's a great show so far. It's just and it just keeps getting more. It gets better and more deranged every episode. Oh, it just, just and I know the spiral is going to get even worse as we go along the next few episodes. Oh, the, the spiral goes deeper and <laughs> and spins out of control. <laughs> awesome! I can't I can't wait. I can't wait. I love the show. It's another another big time home run that we hit. With this one. So we will see where uh, episode five takes us. Patrick will be back to discuss that one next week. Um, let's uh, move on to the next topic of conversation. I wanted to touch bases on this. We got our first look, first real look at a teaser trailer of sorts for Zack Snyder's Justice League. And man, they didn't uh, they didn't hold back as far as the reveal, did they, Dan? <laughs> You called it, right? Didn't you call this? I pretty much didn't you, ca- didn't I, you say that if they put they, they should put Dark Side in this yep. thing, right? I I mean, and the guy who played him, yeah, he he made amazing. the announcement that he was going to do it and that that he had filmed some stuff, but this scene was just and it was it was just really I mean, the only complaint I have about this scene, I hope everybody's seen it. Have you seen the teaser yet, babe? I'm pulling it up now. Sweetie. You're pulling it up now? Yeah, it's fantastic. So my only complaint, I guess, and it's a real quibbling point, is that they sure make Wonder Woman, they make Diana look more like Laura Croft and Tomb Raider in this thing. Because she's in, she's clearly in some, yeah, that, this one, my wife is watching it. So she's in some place, um, and she's unearthed some sort of relic that has dark side on it. And some, uh, some, some language, some, some symbolic stuff okay. in there that I'm guessing is uh, the language of apocalypse or something like that. Um, and then, and then as she's looking at this thing and trying to decipher and digest what it is, then they pan out and you get the first view of dark side standing on some plateau with his legions of parademons and all this shit right behind him in the background. It's a, um, yeah, I mean, my wife's showing it right now. There's dark that, side. That's, yeah. that's, certain. is that his planet? Is the, is that their planet that they're on right there? Is that what that's supposed to look like? I think that's apocalypse. Yeah, I'm looking right. at it right now. That's his war machines, and he's standing there on the edge. And Oof. I mean, whoo. That it, looks good. Yeah, I mean, does, and you know, it's funny. I was listening. I just got done with that one episode that I missed where you guys went in on, uh, well, you know, and I wanted, I want to clarify that because you didn't really go in so much. Dan, you're like me. You are hopeful that this cut of Justice League is going to be good. And and I'm the same way. And we both have our concerns and our reservations. And it's not, you know, I don't I don't think that Zack Snyder's the dumpster fire of a director that Patrick does. And he's entitled to his own opinion, and that's fine. I'm not I'm not shitting on Patrick at all while he's not here. I don't I don't hate Zack Snyder like that. And and for the record, I like Watchmen as a movie. I know Patrick says I don't, but I do. It's just that I I disagree with them uh, going so veering off course so badly with the source material at the end of that thing because up until then it was a really good movie I thought and then they just said oh shit we're gonna go in this direction I'm like why why'd you do that you know <laughs> that sort of thing yeah. but um after looking at this teaser trailer and I hope everybody got a chance to see it how are you feeling about are, are you more optimistic I mean it is certainly Zack Snyder's palette cast over this scene that's for sure. But the fact that they are, in fact, bringing in Darkseid, uh, how do you feel about things with that going on? 
Well, and it was only what a minute to not even Maybe two minutes a minute. of a you know of a trailer there or a teaser there, which is enough. I think it was enough to tell people, look, this is going to be different. And I think that's what I enjoyed about that, or I, I liked that because, like you said, we kind of we're going in with with some hesitation, but hope with hope hopefulness that it's going to be good and it's going to have a different feel than the than the original did. And I think this is right here just trying to tell you, hey, I know it's it's going to be a little bit, but this is what we're doing, and this is a a change from the direction that the first one took. Mine is going this direction. Get ready because it is going to be different. And I think that's what's exciting is to know there's a shift in this thing. And I'm definitely hopeful that that it's going to make it good, you know, or make it it's going to make it different. Right. But again, whether whether or not it's good or bad, we don't know yet. Right. But knowing that that that's the direction it's going is like, yeah, this is cool. I like it. I'm definitely looking forward to it for sure now even more because I know things are going to be different about it. So I'm, I'm happy. And yeah, I, I don't, I don't shit on the whole uh, DC side or anything like Patrick does. Cause that honestly, that, that was my first one that I liked the most. And I still like Batman the most out of anybody as far as superheroes go. He's been my guy and that's the comics I love the most. And that's the story I love the most of is Batman and Joker. It's just that unfortunately the movies don't seem to live up to the awesomeness that it can be in, in my opinion. So that's, that's the part that sucks, but this one definitely gave me some hope that things could be good and, and better. And we'll, uh, you know, we'll wait to see. I hope they kind of toss a few more of these little teasers out as they continue, you know, to, to, uh, make this movie or make the other half of the movie, I guess. And, you know, if we kept get a couple more teasers like that, I think it's gonna kind of be really cool leading up to the, the final release on HBO. Yeah, it's uh you used a good word shift. In this teaser they shift the narrative away from Stephen Wolf and focus it on Dark Side where it should have been all along. And that's yeah. that's obviously where Zach wanted to go with this thing and I don't know why Joss maybe they didn't want to finish it or or it was just easier to deal with Stephen Wolf, but Stephen Wolf to me should always have ever just been Dark Side's first in command. The focus should never have been on him. It could have been like they should have mimicked what they did in Infinity War, where you've got the Black Order, you know, kind of the foot soldiers for Thanos before he ever really shows up on Earth and that sort of thing. And Steppenwolf and the Parademon should have been, you know, the appetizer for this, not the focus of everything, because Steppenwolf is not a strong enough antagonist, whereas Darkseid is every bit uh, the equivalent of Thanos, if you want to draw that parallel to to the two things. And I mean... um. Yeah, it's it's tough with DC because I'm I'm kind of like you. I've always preferred DC slightly. I wouldn't say by a lot, but ever so slightly over Marvel as far as comics. Um, but but you know DC's got the big problem with DC is that when you're revolving stuff around arguably the two most iconic characters in all of comics, which are Batman and Superman, and, and let's be honest, Marvel doesn't really have. They've got very recognizable and iconic characters of their own, but you know I'd say nobody on that level. Uh, level of a Superman or a Batman sort of thing, um, and that that I think that hurts DC because you have to get the casting right if you're going to have somebody play Batman or Superman. You got to have a Christopher Reeve, or you got to have you know Michael Keaton, yeah, or or, or um, Christian Bale or something like that. But this is this is it, it is like you said, Dan. It's exciting. It's it's a it's a it's hopeful. It fills me with a little bit more hope. You know how they tie all this together. 
and make it into one cohesive story if they can. That's a, a big if, uh, you know, but I'm, I'm really hoping that Zach takes a long look at what my biggest hope is that Zach looks at uh, what Avengers has done and Warner Brothers finally says, all right, let's stop reinventing the wheel and let's steal as much shit as we can from Marvel and put a movie out there that plays like that using our source material. Because if they do that, this could be really good and could surprise a lot of people. What do you think of the trailer, babe? Looks very ominous. It's supposed to. Well, I'm just saying. Exactly. Ominous and dark and kind of scary. Right. And DC gets a lot of shit for being too dark. And But like we talked about it before. This is that's, great. The this source is not a thing. bad thing. That is their thing. That's right. The DC universe is not. I mean, there's nothing lighthearted about Gotham City. Yeah. You know, Superman tries not to. Not campy. Yeah. Superman <laughs> tries to inject some light into Metropolis. But, uh, you know, they don't have a lot of the cosmic sort of stuff like Marvel does, which Marvel's, you know, the cosmic stuff adds a lot of color and things to the universe that that lightens it up to a certain extent. And we're going to talk about at the end of this episode, a little do some comic spotlight on a couple of uh, the most iconic characters in both companies right now in a little while, because I haven't done that. I've never done it with Dan. And I've been wanting to because I know Dan reads comics like I do, which is quite a bit, you know, and that sort of thing. So we'll we'll <laughs> talk about as that. much as you do. But... Maybe not. But <laughs> But uh, but yeah, it's it's exciting stuff. The uh, teaser for Zack Snyder's Justice League uh, got me all excited. I'm I'm hot and bothered, Dan. I don't know about you, but uh, well, sorry, babe. Well, it's because my wife's sitting here. That's that's why. You're excited. Feel these nipples. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you need a cold shower. I don't want a cold shower. <laughs> Maybe I'll go with you this time. Okay, that sounds Whoa. good. Uh, shifting gears. I wanted to talk about, so <laughs> Patrick had sent an article over to us, um, through the, uh, through the bandwagon nerds chat room that it was talking about some of the hardest games ever, like on the super Nintendo. And I mean, some of the stuff that was listed on there is just like brings back really bad memories for me, Dan. I don't know about you, but I was just like, Ew, I don't even want to think about that stuff. So it got me thinking that you have a much more extensive knowledge of video games than I do, despite the fact that you're much younger and much more handsome than I am. But aside from that, it's you know, it is it is the beard. That beard just <laughs> is is I you know I'm not allowed to grow a beard anymore. Sorry, it's a weapon. My beard is a against weapon. My fragile skin. Okay. Oh, that's right. That's right. This is becoming bandwagon nerds after dark. <laughs> hey, you guys should do a special bonus content. <gasps> bonus <Yeah>. content. <laughs> Jesus, this is why you don't have your uh, significant others on the show, DP, because they just, they just, they just take liberties. Too many liberties, man. I'd like to take a few liberties. Okay, thank you, boys. The people don't need to know these things. Too much information. The Benadryl's wearing off, anyway. Yeah, in the words of old Gator from the past, the doctor doesn't need to know about that. You know, that's... <laughs> Are you shy? No, I'm not. But I did want to ask Dan about, you know, with, in your experience, man, you've played a ton. I mean, you've got the, uh, the uh, what is the Gargantian? Gargantian? The Gargantia game. Gargantia yeah. game. So you've got all that stuff, that uh, access to that. You know, what are some of the hardest games you can recall playing? I mean, we talk super ghouls and ghosts which I think he's universally decried as one of the hardest and most unfair games of all time. 
Uh, you know, I mean, stuff that I remembered. And I mean, I'll, I'll just throw a few out there because I know you've got a lot of stuff. I mean, yeah, Patrick talked about Ninja Guy Dan. That game was fucking brutal. It that just, was horrible. Just not the, the second release. The second uh, coming of it too, in, in the two thousands or whatever, when they recently released those. Oh, oh Ninja Guy Dan Black. Yeah, those were damn near impossible too. They were not not. I mean, they're fun, but they're not at the same time, which I know doesn't make a lot of sense, but. But it, it it's true. I mean, there's um stuff like like I mentioned it before the fight against Ursula in Kingdom Hearts. Man, what a nightmare! That was just so <laughs> hard to get through that thing. And and I mean, and the rest of the game didn't seem to as hard as that. But uh, but yeah, I mean, any role playing game, if you don't have the right powers or the right skill set or you're not leveled up enough, you're gonna get your ass whooped. You know yeah. that sort of thing. I mean, there are elements of Dragon Warrior that were hard, but it was because of that. It's because well, you don't have you know, you're not leveled up enough, that sort of thing. I mean, other things that stand out to me, like Halo on legendary mode could be really difficult in certain places. I mean, yeah. that's why it's legendary mo- mode, of course. But I was going to say, at least you have levels there, you know, to, to select from. You can go to easy or whatever and, and make it a little easier for yourself. Right. You know, but but you right. think about these games, like from the Nintendo Entertainment System era, yeah, or the Super Nintendo, yeah. where there was no difficulty. You played it and you got your ass handed to you no matter what you did like the ghosts of goblins or super ghouls and ghosts because you had it was just i mean why why would you make that game so goddamn hard you know and and a lot of these games at that time were it, it was patterns and you know there was no you know second chances or anything like that like you had to just remember the pattern of what you needed to do to get through the level and you had to play it a 500 times before you could actually get it and a lot of them were you know still based on that whole arcade era of we just want you to pump more quarters into our machine so here we're gonna make it very hard and very difficult and you got to put in a ton of quarters until you can finally remember how to get through the level and that's you know a lot of those games in that era were like that and it sucked like besides ghosts and goblins the first couple that came to my head when I saw that where uh, Super Smash TV, I don't know if you ever played that one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, waves of this guy's coming at you and you, you know, I mean, if you played one player, it was almost impossible. You had to like play with a partner or something to get through any of that. Uh, Kid Icarus, if you ever played that one. Yeah, there, there you go. That was another tough one. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's one of those where you're, it's vertical, it's a vertical game. So you're climbing your way up. And there's no down. So if you fall, you're dead and you're starting to level over. And it's like, you know, games at that time, there was no going back. So, you know, Adventure Island was the other one I wrote down. I don't know if you ever played that one. That one, I know. What's that one about? You were like, uh, I think you were trying to, is it basically the save the girl type of thing? And you were like this, I wasn't a caveman, but it was like some, I don't remember, adventure guy with like, I swear to God, you had like a beekeeper's hat on or something like that. Uh, but it was just this side scroller where, again, you couldn't go backwards. It was just, you keep moving forwards and it was like just patterns of jumping over rocks and, you know, throwing an ax at a, at a flying bee or whatever. And <laughs> like you tried to basically keep your momentum going cause you could stop, but you couldn't go backwards. So like you could stop, but then if you lose some momentum, you know, making the next jump or something like that, it was impossible. So you, you just you had to remember that pattern and just keep on moving. Otherwise you were, you know, you were toast. And 
I, I'm pretty sure I never beat that game because it was just so impossible. And uh, Millen's Secret Castle, which is a rare game. I don't know yeah, if a lot of people know it. I remember that vaguely. Yeah, but that was another one I never beat because you go into these rooms and you couldn't figure out your way out <laughs> like to try and get up to the next level. It was like there was no way to figure out how to get out of there and how to get past anybody. And it was just I'd play it a million times because I like still trying to figure out where this secret place is that I need to go to get to the next level and could never find it. Do you, even do, if I, you know, looked up the secrets. Yeah. I was <laughs> going to ask you, I mean, now by modern standards, I mean, the information is all over the place. You can go to gamefacts.com or any of the other places that have walkthroughs and, and, and people have figured this stuff out for you. you ever do that. Go back and say, all right, I'm going to take some information from some of these other people who've done this and see what I can figure out on a couple of them. Like I've, I've tried it for that one, but like, the like ghosts and goblins or any of those, like it doesn't matter. Like you still have to be able to be good enough to get through the patterns or get through the thing. And no matter what you're dead. And that was kind of the hard part about that mill and secret castle was I could, I did go online and find a couple of things. I was like, Oh, okay, this is how you get past this. Cool. And I can get past that. And now I'm stuck on the next one and I still can't figure it out. Or the second you die, you start all over from the beginning. There's no, save point basically and it's like well i just died i made all this effort i don't really want to go through it again so i quit <laughs> like because it's just it's so hard to you just to get past the level let alone to stay alive and then once you're dead you got to go through it all again and it's like oh, fuck this i don't want to do it you know <laughs> and that's that's the hard part about those games back then is there was no there wasn't a lot of ones that had save points. <laughs> no, no. And you just start all over. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just like, you know, it, it's permadeath in the in the earliest incarnations of permadeath. But uh yeah, yeah I mean there but like you raise a really good point. I mean, you can get walkthroughs and they can tell you what's coming, but that doesn't mean you're still gonna be able to overcome it. Because there is a certain level of skill right. that that anybody playing these games has got to have. You've got to and a lot of that stuff is trial and error. Okay, let me approach it this way. Nope, that didn't work. Let me do it. And like that shit with Ursula and Kingdom Hearts was all about trial and error. Okay, let me try this. You know, 50 different trials of various things later. Oh, here you go. This finally worked, you know, (laughs) a day later. And at this point, at this point, how much effort do you want to put in to try and figure this out? You know, like, Back then, sure, I could sit there and just keep on playing and I didn't give a shit. But now it's like, yeah, really? I just wasted... I wasted an hour just getting to the point and then I died and I got to start all over again. I don't have another hour to dick around with this. Thing. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> and I, I don't have the skills anymore. My hands are a little bit slower. I'd probably go back and I mean, I want to go back and play kingdom hearts and get to like the end of it. Cause I think I almost got to the end and then I don't know what happened. Lost the copy or the PS two just decided to take a shit because let's be honest. Uh, a lot of video game systems aren't, uh, the most reliable. I mean, I think the PS4 and Xbox One have, you know, that red ring of death on the 360. You remember that thing? Oh, yeah. How many systems oh, yeah. did I'm you lose? I, luckily, luckily enough, I I had it come up once, uh, but it didn't end up dying. It ended up coming back to life, and I never had a problem again. I, I, I was I one went of the lucky through, ones. I went through two of those damn things. I they they oh. One of them was covered. You know, Microsoft covered it, but it's just, it's like... Jesus, you know, why couldn't you guys make a product that's worth this shit? But, uh, right. babe, you're such a huge video game expert. What are some of your hardest games? Yeah, um, right. uh, Pac-Man. <laughs> My um, wife is not a video a game player. And, and I will say I've heard about this Ring of Death many, many times. And it does evoke a little fear. But um, 
Yeah, y'all spend too much time usually on those games. So there's also this, oh, you finally got to the ring of death. Well, you needed a break anyway. Oh, I am very, very good at causing deaths. You want to know how? Uh, you get in front of your kids. She gets in front of her kids so they can't see what's yeah, going when on they on the TV. When in front they of wouldn't her. disengage, when I would tell them to get up and do something, and they would blow it off, and you know, basically give me the quiet, anonymous bird. I would just stand in front of them, between them and the TV, and say, "Get up and do it." And I would stand there while they're screaming at me, "Move, move! You're gonna kill me! I'm gonna die!" And it all it takes is a few seconds because dang, you know, bullets fly and shit. So, and then all of a sudden I would move and their guy would be dead. Mom, sorry, you didn't listen. And I'd walk out the door. Happy Father's Day. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, yeah. Happy Father's Day to all the dads (laughs) listening right now. I know this is going to drop on Tuesday, but it is Father's Day that we're recording this. You know, I wanted to talk because we've been we've been talking a lot about board games the last couple of weeks, and that's going to continue next week in a big way. Uh, but, you know, like board games, you wouldn't think of a board game as being hard per se. I mean, there are those that are the rule. Like I think Justin was talking about some of the rules that they write for this thing. It's like, in, you know, deciphering Egyptian hieroglyphics and you don't know anything about Egyptian hieroglyphics. Like, What the fuck are these guys talking about? There are some very difficult games, but there's some, you know, I talked about the cooperative games that have evolved over the past few years, and there's some that are really difficult. I shared with you guys with DP, I shared with you a game called Kingdom Death Monster 1.5. You went through it and looked at it. I've heard that it's a great game, but it is unforgivingly brutal. And I, I know you took that a look at it. Insane. That looks insane. Like the you're going through a whole campaign, but you have, you know, there's different levels of, you know, that you reach of the of mini bosses, basically. And it can be, you know, randomly difficult and like impossible to get past these guys. It just seems so cruel, I guess. But, you know, it's definitely a different video or board game. So it's it's kind of neat that you see games like this where there aren't just straightforward like a Monopoly or, you know, something like that. It's. There's a whole story built into it that you you know you can go through and and enjoy and that's kind of neat. It is on my short list of things to get, although it is very expensive, which we don't need to talk about in front of my wife. What she doesn't know won't hurt her. That sort of thing. Hi, Han. What's going on? I, Never mind. I, I, I zoned out for a moment reading um, Tom Greenwood's um, Happy Father's Day to his dad, and I zoned out and just lifted my head and. Okay. Paid attention to what well, you we just don't. Said. We don't need to go back. But I will talk about some of the other hard, uh, difficult board games. Like one of them. Now, my wife's definitely played this one. Is a game, ironically enough, called Pandemic, uh, which is that's fun. It's a lot of fun. And, and 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 the first time you go through it, you think, oh, piece of cake, no big deal. You know, you're just you're trying to stop a pandemic from outbreaking across the world. But man, you're going along so well, and everything seems to be under control. And then there's like one outbreak and then a chain reactions into another one. And the next thing you know, the game's over. You're we, done. Yeah. You're, you're done. dead. We've never beaten that game. Now we've beaten the, the wow. legacy, the legacy version. We've, uh, we've conquered a couple of the scenarios there, but like the original pandemic, we have never beaten that. We've come very, very close. Like we only need to cure one more of these things and then it all falls apart. But we, that's one. There's uh, another one dead of winter, which is another fun, fun game. I like a zombie survival game. We've had great deals of difficulty getting by any of the scenarios on that. Uh, and it, these are all cooperative games. So everybody's kind of working together. But at the same time, there's the element of people trying to compete for their own, uh, you know, to win on their own. And there may, might be a traitor in the mist and that's ho- that sort of thing. But 
Uh, that one, Gloomhaven, is another one that can be difficult. That's a lot of fun. That's the number one ranked board game on Board Game Geek right now. It's a massive, massive campaign. It's like Dungeons and Dragons board game with a lot of cool twists. And I mean, you can plan for everything in that game and then something will just go wrong and just wipe you out, you know, that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, I mean, hard games. And I don't know about you, Dan. My, my thing is like, I don't want to just go into a game and not be challenged. At the same time, I don't want to go into a game and feel like I have no freaking hope at all of beating this thing. I do want to challenge, but, you know, harder games, whether they're video games or board games or something in between, you know, it's that risk to reward kind of ratio. It's like, you know, when you actually beat those games, there's a huge sense of accomplishment. Like, wow, I actually conquered that thing. So the payoff is very good. It's just frustrating as hell to get there. Yeah, there has to be a certain level of, of that where, you know, it's it difficult, but not so over difficult that you just say, fuck it, I can't even bother. Like, I think is it Dark Souls is the one yes. big game that's out, you know, that everybody's like, this is absolutely impossible. And I, that's a game I don't want to play because of that. But board game wise, for sure, like I like games where there it's there is some difficulty to it. There's there's a sense of strategy that you at least have to do in order to be successful or rather than just, you know, roll the dice and move your little peg, you know, over to wherever. Right. I kind of like the idea that you can have some strategy to what you're doing and, you know, that harkens on how successful you're going to be. So I, I definitely enjoy that. And having those, you know, fun little stories, like we played the Lord of the Rings uh, game as well, you know, where it has a little bit of a story to it. And those, those are fun and gives you a sense of, kind of an adventure rather than just moving your piece around a board game. So, you know, yeah. I, I love that. I want to, I want to play more games like that. Gloomhaven's been on my list to play. And, um, uh, the other one you mentioned shit, I can't remember now. Uh, pandemic, sorry. Yeah. Pandemic was the other one. I, I, I wanted to pick it up, but we never, never got it. Um, so that's still on my list to play. So yeah, it's a little difficult to get now because ironically, yeah. while everybody's locked in on a pandemic, it's the perfect game to play. So Um, You know, and and talking about games, that's a good segue to talk about guests coming on the show next week is, uh, you know, yeah, we'll do this and then we'll we'll take a break and pay some bills and that sort of thing before we get into this latter half of this thing. But yeah, we've got uh, this one's actually people I snagged for once. It wasn't Patrick. I actually did this. So um, uh, Game Empire in Pasadena, California is is a place near and dear, and I'm glad my wife's here because she reminded me that she actually got the first ever gift certificate from Game Empire in Pasadena, which is this magnificent, nice. magnificent game store that I don't know. How did we ever find that place? Just You found it on one of your treks down uh, to Cedars. Oh, okay. When I was uh, for medical stuff going down to Cedars Sinai for a while, and, and yeah, somehow on the way back, I found pasadena game empire which is you would think well pasadena and beverly hills aren't near each other it's like yeah they're only 10 15 minutes away but um this place was awesome i mean just so many retail games and this massive area where people could get together to play it was always packed with people playing all sorts of games um i between a third and a half of my collection probably came from there and then when covid started uh, they shut down like everybody else but before that and you'll hear these guys talk about it next week um the owner of the store, uh, he passed away like before COVID really set in. And there's some really cool stories that you're going to hear about that. But a few weeks ago, they made the announcement that the store was closing permanently and they were trying to desperately find somebody to come in and take over and keep the store going. And they found somebody through the community. So 
Next week, we got probably two or three of the guys who are going to be revamping and relaunching Odyssey Game Empire is what it's called. It's coming in July down in Pasadena, California. They're going to come in, talk about uh, you know the end of one era and the beginning of another one and what kind of vision that they have and what they're going to do for the store. And I know for, you know, for Dan, you're probably not going to be able to visit this place anytime soon. And Patrick, certainly not on the East coast, but, uh, but it is kind of cool to see what their vision of uh, what they're going to do is. And it, it is kind of a story of triumph out of tragedy, you know, that sort of thing where they've got this great store that's going to continue on and get better. So we got the guys from Odyssey game empire going to come on here next week. We're going to talk some board games and things like that. So that'll be cool. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's always good to have guests on, you know. Well, it's good to, you know, hear what they're going to do with things and, and, you know, how the board gaming industry has just kind of been, in a sense, booming a bit, you know, and, and with people playing, you know, d- different D&Ds and all these different games that you can get together with friends and play and to see what, what they do and how they're going to set their, you know, their gaming play up like that is, is good to know. And it's helpful for others to learn how you do these things and, and, you know, expand the community. Yeah. And I got to tell you, babe, I'm already lobbying for these guys to start one in Bakersfield. I told them, I was talking to the guys and I said, we don't have anything here that's remotely close to what you guys have. And and this is like the seventh largest city in the state. So, Hey, there's opportunity you, here. Opportunity. Yes. But have you noticed that a lot of what they're doing with their remodel, they are getting the um, community that supports volunteers. them. Volunteers. Yeah, you're getting they, a lot of free labor cool. and input and and participation, which is amazing because it just makes it makes your customer base that much stronger and a feeling of this is ours. Yeah, it's yeah, so. that, and that we'll hear about that next week. They did get a lot of the people who were gaming there to volunteer. I mean, they tore that floor out in days and got all that stuff out of there because they had so many people helping them. So it's uh it's awesome stuff. That'll be something we'll be talking to those guys about next week. It'll be a fun conversation. Uh, Dan, what do you think? You want to pay some bills? You know, we should we run some commercials? And I mean, Christopher Platt's not here today, but we can still hear his awesome voice. It's always nice to hear him whatever in whatever form and fashion we can. That's right. It's probably a good idea. Let's make it happen. That's right. So uh, remember, Bandwagon Nerds is a part of the ChairShot.com, the ChairShot Radio Network. Um, we're going to go ahead and uh, run some commercials here, pay a few bills, and we'll be right back to... Uh, Talk about the last couple topics of conversation. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Sierra Hotel. India. Echo. Lima. Delta. Shield. Hey folks, listen up, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Pins, stickers, illustrations. Angrylemonade.net. This is my yard now. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Man, Angry Lemonade. What is that? Okay, so it, that, I'm guessing that is not just regular lemonade. Is That, that sounds hard, good. Is that hard liquor, Dan? 
hard liquor? I'm usually pretty gentle. I don't know. <laughs> ah, my man. I've <laughs> and you rail on me. <laughs> ah, I have to, of yeah. course. Uh, what is double standard? Up... Yeah, double standard. <laughs> what is it? What is angry lemonade? So if you go on there, there's it's they've got a bunch of stickers, uh, different uh, things that you can do there, like uh, posters and all this different stuff with just whatever random like logos and stuff you want to use, you can customize ones and they have some other stuff on there of like different wrestling stuff, different, just random things that you can get in, you know, different stickers and posters and, you know, banners, things like that, that you can get. Um, <laughs> I talked about this on well, our first, the winner is you. When I, when I went on there, there's a, a sticker or, you know, I, I think you could do it in like a keychain and stuff too, but there was a Skellum Waitor. So it was like Skeletor. Uh, the the head of Skeletor basically, but in the like you know the Dia de los Muertos kind of oh, yeah, skull yeah, nice. that I can't I always forget what they call it, but the the skull with the different paint colors on them and it looked like Skeletor and I thought that was uh, actually pretty cool. Awesome, yeah. So a new partnership for the chair shot, you know that's that's awesome stuff. Hey, we might make some money off this thing one day, Dan. I mean, as long as we've been doing these podcasts, one day we're gonna get a check, and I'm just gonna be like, what the hell is this? It'll be like a stimulus right, check my- almost. This is I I'm planning on this to be my retirement money. I mean, I right. I've given up on 401k's. I'm going on, you know, podcast residuals. <laughs> I think uh yeah, there are worse things to do than podcast residuals than uh than uh yeah, tens yeah. of dollars. <laughs> uh speaking of people who've made a lot of money off residuals on uh, on this movie I'm going to talk about. So the uh latest edition of the Bandwagon Nerds review came out and we we actually had the balls to go and review blazing saddles, given everything going on in the world right now, Dan, Patrick and I, we just said, fuck it. You know, we're going to do it anyway. And I love the reviews because we did not collaborate with each other on these things. And yet there is so much overlap between these three reviews. I was just like, you would think that we actually talked to each other and wrote these things collaboratively, but we didn't. And I love the reviews. We all gave them, even Patrick gave it a high score. I told him, I was like, if the East German judge, dings this one i'm gonna be very upset um he didn't quite you and i what we gave him both fives five out of five because i don't see how you can give blazing saddles anything less than that and patrick just an 11 out of 10 oh yeah there you go my wife an 11 out of 10 um yeah blazing saddles it's a it's a you know and that's why i was hoping to have plaid on here but i gotta say once when i read daniel bryan some of the stuff he said a couple days ago where he was basically saying your black friends are not your google you know, you can't go to your black friends to ask them to interpret how black people feel for you. You need to figure this stuff out on your own. And I thought, yeah, we kind of did that with Chris last week a little bit, but but not exactly. So Blazing Saddles and and, and I heard, you know, I mean, people in my own household were questioning the uh, sanity of uh, writing a review on Blazing Saddles at this point in history. But, uh, you know, I, I said it in the article. I'll say it here. I don't I don't really consider Blazing Saddles a racist movie. Is there aspects of it that have, you know, some poor taste by modern standards? Certainly in 1974, eh, a little debatable, that sort of thing. But but like I said, it, it's a parody on racism. It makes racists look truly ignorant and it's just timelessly funny. One of the uh, one of the all time greatest comedies of all time. And let's you know, Bart is just Bart's one of my heroes in cinematography, you know, Sheriff Bart. And he's got those Gucci handbags. And I mean, he's he is styling. And profile. So cool. Yes, exactly. So how how is it? I was like, how is it racist to portray him as just this ultra cool, the coolest character in the entire movie? 
is this guy who is oppressed? You know, it, it, it's that sort of thing. I mean, it's a difficult concept, but the movie holds up really well. It's a tremendously funny movie. You know, your thoughts on Blazing Saddles, Dan? Well, and I think, you know, he he kind of, in a way, changed a little bit of the culture, right? It was all white people in this town, and he comes in, and obviously they reject him, you know, almost to the end, and, you know, but he's basically saving the day, and then he brings in, you know, uh, the other, you know, folks from the railroads, and, and all they want was a piece of land, and they're like, okay, but but no Irish. Right. No <laughs> Irish. Yeah. Uh, some like, language we like, can't repeat, you know, language we can't repeat here that they say, but yeah, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, yeah, he, you know, he, he can't there obviously, yeah, it's got some of the, all the different tones of that, you know, in there and the racism and the, you know, just the way things were when, you know, at this time. And that's what Mel Brooks does a lot of, you know, a lot of his movies have that satirical type of feel and, you know, have some of those elements in there, but. Uh, it's just, I mean, all the characters in this movie are just so fantastic between, you know, we got Sheriff Bart and then you got the Waco kid, you know, that, you know, look at that. He's steady as an arrow and drinks like crazy, but then, you know, he shoots with this hand and the one hand is, you know, looks like it has Parkinson's or whatever, but yeah, it's like <laughs> one of the all time, one of the greatest lines of that is where he's like, well, I'm your, you know, since I'm your host and you're my guest, what do you like to do? Oh, well, I don't know. Play chess, screw well, let's play chess. You know, that's <laughs> let's play chess. right. Yeah. Just it's the, so the clever. Ridiculous amount of one liners. <laughs> it's so clever. The stuff that they do in this movie. And, you know, uh, it's just, it's just so good. Such a great movie. And, and I understand that. The, uh... Go ahead, DP. Go ahead. No, uh, no, go. Uh, I, I want to hear what you have to say. No, just like we talk about the one liners and everything. Like uh, there's one we still use all the time. Uh, with you know when they're in the town uh the town hall or whatever talking to try and figure out what they're going to do for requesting a new sheriff and basically everybody's last name in this town is johnson right and everybody comes up and we still use like the howard johnson is right you know just knowing <laughs> where that's from is you know just stupid funny lines like that where you just realize oh god everybody's last name is johnson in this town yeah how fucking funny is that you know <laughs> We're all indebted to Gabby Johnson for saying so clearly what needed to be said here today. I'm glad that these lovely children were here today to hear that wonderful speech. That authentic frontier gibberish. <laughs> That's right. Authentic frontier gibberish. And Lily Von yeah. Stupp and, uh, you know. Oh, my God. That's one of my favorites. That that song that she sings and the, the guys that come out at the end. And, yeah. You know, Can't you see she's pooped? Yeah. And, you know. Is it? Uh, yeah. Hey, uh, you care for another schnitz and Drubin? Baby, please. My limit is eight on schnitz and Drubin. I am not from Havana, you know, <laughs> shit like that. Just, there's so, so much good right? stuff. Oh, then oh, schnitz yeah. and Drubin's will wipe you out, you know. <laughs> it comes back. Oh, yeah. Look, no, but I mean, and not only that, I mean, Richard Pryor was also, uh, you know, involved write this thing too yes, as well. So and, and you, you can know, exactly so and, and, and you get and, that you totally can see that yeah yeah and, and for the record if you ask christopher platt what he thinks that he loves blazing saddles i mean last week it was all hey where are the white women at you know that sort of thing and right. uh just just such a great movie the 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 you know i i i bought it the other day because i'm concerned they're gonna pull it you know i i'm really concerned yeah. that it's gonna get pulled unjustifiably so because people are only gonna look at it oh they use racial epithets. It's got to be a racist movie. Well, there's much more to it than that. And it, it is, it is, it is like you said, Dan, you know, you kind of hinted at it. It's a story of overcoming 
overcoming prejudice, overcoming racism, winning over people who at first reject you because you're just so damn cool. How is that right. bad? You just you know? realize, yeah, who you are just as a person. It doesn't matter who you, you know, just the, <laughs> just being there and getting the job done. And, you know, you realize you're, you're a good person is That's what, right. what it should come down to. Exactly. Uh, you got any thoughts on Blazing Saddles, babe? I love it. It's one of my all-time favorite movies ever. Lily von Stupp is like fabulous, wonderful, a hero of mine in some ways, a strong female character. Um, okay. <laughs> strong female character. <laughs> fell, who fell apart at the first sight of a black man. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, it's oh just, red woes. Uh, how romantic. How romantic. How romantic. Hey, uh, Manashatsi, is it true what they say that you people are gifted? You know? <laughs> Oh, yeah. it's true. It's true. It's true. Marilyn Cod is just amazing. Everything she does is amazing. She's, but uh, she's just over the top in this role. It's just amazing. What can I say? So it but yeah, I I love this movie because it just clearly points out the stupidity, and I'm gonna stay it say it again, stupidity of racism. Mm-hmm. And, yes. and 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 let and Bart, let's talk Bart. Wow. When you were saying styling and profiling, he, I, yeah, he could be the Ric Flair. I wish he would have got up cowboys. There. He could have got up there yeah, instead in the of, Wild Wild West. Instead of saying "Excuse me" while I whip this out, he could have just gone "Woo!" And I mean, it would have <laughs> same effect, you know. He oh, and he comes so... back to the railroads too, and he, he meets up with his buddies. <laughs> they said you was hung, and they was right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's just so freaking classy and gene wilder is so excellent as well i mean he's just the waco uh, kid I is love just gene wilder yeah uh, yeah well you know little bastard shot me in the ass you know <laughs> <laughs> oh he's so good so so good uh, and, uh, mongo mongo is is an unheralded hero and then and then when they start breaking the fourth wall at the end you know, they go onto the set and Dom DeLuise is like, you know, they're doing the, the whole thing with nothing but, you know, a, a gay cast of uh, French guys doing this musical and, uh, you know. Doing the French mistake. Yeah, the French mistake. <laughs> Sounds like steam escaping, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> what yeah. are you doing? This is a oh, closed. Right. Yeah, what are you doing? This is a closed <laughs> set. I'll piss on you. I'm working for Mel Brooks, you know. <laughs> Not in the face. <laughs> it's him in the stomach. <laughs> right just those little things or they just they basically can make fun of themselves or whatever yeah and, and that's just, all they're yeah, doing the they're random just... the random pulls into those things like mongo you know put, turn into the camera and mongo only pawn in game of life that's and, right you know it was just all those little things like that right? it just doesn't necessarily fit in but it's just right and you and i you and yeah, i, I think were the ones wall. you and i were the ones who mentioned breaking the fourth wall and again dan dp and i did not talk to each other before we wrote that review so great sick Awesome minds think alike. That's just kind of what. Yeah. yeah. Um, next week, we're going to tackle another Mel Brooks movie as Spaceballs won the poll. Unfortunately, it wasn't Young Frankenstein. Dracula Dead and Loving came in, I think, second. And then History of the World just not getting a lot of love. But it's all right. But Spaceballs. We'll, for that one. we'll uh, get there. Yeah, we'll get there. But uh, we'll get there. Spaceballs is coming up next. That'll be the next review on, on this week. I, I was thinking DP. I was going to run it by you since pa- you know Patrick's not here. He's having a good time doing uh, the New Hampshire coast. But I was thinking maybe steer away from Mel Brooks because I was listening back. We were talking on the um, that episode. Uh, one of the episodes we were talking about Bruce Lee, the trailer for uh, that. And we started talking about um, Kentucky Fried Movie and Airplane. So I was thinking, what about this for a foursome? Kentucky Fried Movie, Airplane, 
the naked gun, Dumb and Dumber. You could throw a top secret in there instead of Dumb and Dumber. Oh, there you go. There you go. Yeah, that's that's we we talked about that actually in this household. We were talking about the Mel Brooks thing and we could do like a Fairly Brothers uh, one or something like that. So that's a that's a great idea because we actually had that idea here too. It was like, you know, we could do one with just like, yeah, guys like that, Fairly Brothers or, or something. So that putting those together as a group would be fantastic. I would love to I would love to rewatch any one of those for sure. Yeah, let's make an executive decision amongst you and I since and my wife, she's gonna go along with whatever we say. But I, am? I yeah, you are. I, I, <laughs> I like that. So the next poll will be Kentucky Fried movie, Airplane, The Naked Gun. And top secret. I already know which I'm voting for. Which one? Well, I know you're not voting Kentucky Fried Movie because you don't like that movie for some unknown reason. Oh, the I like parts of the movie, not all of the movie. I'm yelling <laughs> in the mic. Sorry. It's about time you started sp- speaking loudly into the mic. I have to yell, and then I feel like I'm yelling, and then I feel which, like which which movie are, are you uh, voting for? Airplane. Okay. Duh. I, okay. I I might have to I might have to agree with you. I mean that's that's a that's not an easy. I mean, for me, it's Kentucky Fried Movie and Airplane. I mean, that's that, and that's a really hard choice for me. I'm a I'm a Naked Gun fan. Uh, that might be that would probably be the one out of the four that I would pick. But I think for being able to rewatch something wise, I might actually go with Kentucky Fried Movie because I haven't seen that in God knows how long. Wow, um, so, so uh... and I know I've watched Airplane and Naked Gun plenty of times, and Top Secret's one of those kind of oddball, random in in between ones that it's underrated. You know, was missing, was yeah. missing. Yeah, underrated. It's underrated. Probably it's one. probably going to have a difficult time against those three heavy hitters. Although I wouldn't be surprised yeah. to see it beat Kentucky Fried Movie, just because a lot of people don't know what that is. They say they made a movie about making chicken. Uh, no, actually not. That's not what it's not about. Not quite. Not quite. You know. <laughs> you know, we've developed this factory where we are reprocessing the uh, used combs of uh, Italian citizens for oh, oil. That is <laughs> the so Kentucky gross. Fried movie. <laughs> Uh, I can't even watch that one for <laughs> for reasons that it'll make me vomit. Or then they got the suction things on the teenagers' faces, you know, as they're recycling oil for, you know, all sorts of uses. <laughs> and Underrated movie as well. So, <laughs> well, you know. Yeah, that'll be a fun one. That'll be a that'll fun be a poll. poll. That, that'll be a good one. I think Patrick will agree with that. He won't have any problems. Then he can reinstitute whatever, you know, uh, dictate dictatorial rule that he wants to put in next week. <laughs> being the onerous dictator that he is no just kidding patrick we love you we miss you we hope you're having fun he was up late watching young frankenstein last night you know travel day be damned i'm gonna stay up watching movies all night you go boy you go watch the not even the one that won the poll no you watched that one yeah it's a surprise it's all right you know pat patrick is uh he's he's hardcore man i hope he uh drove okay today um the last the last topic we're going to talk about today it's a it's a comic spotlight i've done these on the episodes where i've hosted before Uh, i really wanted to do one with dan here today because he and i haven't had a chance to do this and like i've said a couple times in this episode i know dp he is a comic reader so um the first thing i want to ask you is now have you you're a big batman fan i know you've said that have you read the metal storyline from DC Comics? Uh, I don't think I've read that one. Okay. So uh, no, no. it's like basically all these different Batman from different dimensions come in and there are some really fucked up ones. Like the uh, Batman who lasts forever is like a crossing of Batman and Joker. Very disturbing oh. stuff. They've got a sequel to that coming out called Death Metal. 
<laughs> which I thought fun play on words. Uh, I'm looking forward to see. I think issue one came out now. Now me, I usually like reading them as a collected edition, so I don't have to wait to get to the next episode if I can avoid it. You know, I'd rather just read it all in one shot. So uh, for you comic fans out there, uh, you may want to keep your eyes on that. But it, the comic spotlight, you know, in the past we've talked about like. We've talked about Batman and Captain America. We talked about Superman and Thor. We talked Justice League and Avengers really early on in the podcast. Kind of just wanted on this one, two of the more, you know, I mean, two of the more iconic characters in DC and Marvel. One of them is one of the big three in DC because we've talked Superman. We've talked Batman. I wanted to talk Wonder Woman a little bit on this episode. And then on the Marvel side of things, I wanted to touch bases on Captain Marvel, who's a very complex character and is not as simple as you might think she is in the in the movies because if you've seen captain marvel in the movies you're going to think okay well there she is that sort of thing but uh let's start off talking wonder woman and, and i'll do it like my for the new newer nerds out there who are just kind of dipping their toes in the comics and stuff i'll give you guys like i did in the other one big days five recommendations and you know maybe see if dp's read any of these storylines as well and just kind of give those to the new nerds out there some recommendations of stories, which usually lead to some interesting conversations. But let's start off talking about Wonder Woman, um, which I know is one of my wife's favorites. I'll let you lead this one, and then Dan and I can bat clean up on this thing. What are you, uh, your thoughts on Wonder Woman? Oh, Wonder Woman's great. And I wanted, you know, to be her. When I was little, I'd play out in the backyard playing superheroes, and she was one of the ones that uh, I would get out there and run around the yard and get on swing set and pretend I was flying in my invisible plane. That's amazing. And that golden lasso. Yeah. That golden lasso is a fun time. That is some shit. One of the better scenes in justice league was when Aquaman was sitting on the golden lasso by accident and started to <laughs> disclose his uh, true, true feelings about Diana, you know, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that was great. She's amazing. She's a powerhouse and I'm glad they finally brought her into the forefront and, are featuring her. Yeah. Disappointing that we won't get to see her again till October. We're hoping that sort of thing. But uh, DP, your yeah. thoughts on, uh, on wonder woman. I mean, she's one of the, the big, the big three in the DC pantology of heroes. Your, what are your thoughts on her? And, yeah, you know, for I, sure. Yeah. No, and it's, yeah. Kind of like you said, it's, it's, it was a little disappointing that they haven't brought her into the fold and in, in the movie genres until just recently, because uh, she is a very important character and everything. And, you know, why when they were doing any of this build, did she not have, you know, be in there beforehand? But, uh, you know, yeah, just one of those kind of polarizing characters where she has just that power and has been around for how I can't remember how long, you know, she's been there. And yeah, the, the lasso, the, the, um, what do you call them? The rings Bra on her arms, there, bracelets that, or the, the bracelets. The yeah. I thought there was a name for him. The cuffs. You know, well, technically that she has just cuffs. that power. Yeah. And wrist cuffs. Wrist yeah. cuffs. <laughs> yeah, I, you but, know, with yeah, definitely. A, yeah, definitely a character that's been missing uh, in the world of movies, at least until just recently. But cats going crazy, huh? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> cats just running around. Wants to celebrate Father's Day, apparently. There you go. Uh, <laughs> just running around my legs. You raised a good point <laughs> about Wonder Woman, about how it, my wife did too as well. So let me give her credit as to why it took them so long to get her into the movies. And, and it almost seemed like for a time they were scared of, of trying to bring her in. It felt like, like that way that they just weren't sure. 
about, I, I mean, first off, it's like, who do you get to play her? And, you know, following up Linda Carter in the, in the late seventies, you know, she's kind of looked upon as the prototype for Wonder Woman and, you know, trying to find somebody, you know, I mean, we heard all sorts of things before Gal Gadot got the role. Lucy Lawless is like, man, China would have been perfect for this role after she, you know, kind of feminized herself a little bit, that sort of thing. She would have been fantastic for the role of Wonder Woman. And then you end up with Gal who's really, you know, now my wife and my niece have gone on record many times as saying she's too skinny. That's where I think she doesn't look like an Amazon. Um, I think she's great as Wonder Woman. Uh, what are your thoughts on the casting? Because we've talked many times on the show about how Marvel got casting so well, DC not so much. Although with Gal, I think they got that right. I think so too. And I, you know, yeah, I get the idea of the, you know, this is an Amazonian race basically that that she's coming from. But how how far do you take that in some sense? Because you definitely you still want someone who's you know popular in the limelight enough, you know, in the movie business that people are going to recognize, people are going to know, and still has the looks that are going to attract you to the movie. Right. Like, you know, you could like China or something like you said, would probably would have been great for that role because of her build and everything. But, you know, is she the prettiest one to have in there? I probably not, you know, and I I know that sounds terrible, but that I think that's part of this. It's definitely part of it. Right. You know, so I think they got this one. Good. I think she does a great job. She definitely has the, I feel like she has the character down. Yeah find a little bit skinny or whatever but it works i think it i think it definitely works in the movies so far with the way she's playing this character it definitely fits that image from the comics i think yeah i think patty jenkins and uh zach snyder he was the producer on this thing i think they got they got it right with her i mean yeah like i I agree sure if she was was uh, had more muscle mass that might be more in line with wonder woman but but that's not all that wonder woman's all about you know and that was my complaint and rebecca's complaint is just the physical the physical look she's great as wonder woman she does an amazing job as wonder woman and she's beautiful off the charts it's just the physical look we were complaining about. we never complained about her personally we like her we like her just the physical look didn't meet as girls did not meet our physical standard of what an Amazonian superhero should look like. They couldn't check that box, Dan. You know, that's what they're saying. They couldn't. They had, che- to, they had to stop somewhere, I think. <laughs> well, and you know, and you get in comics, get a, you know, and I know that's the, the story behind her is the Amazonian, you know, background and everything. And right. I think the the gods or whatever gave her those powers and everything, but you know, in comics tend to over-exaggerate, muscles and everything too you know no, so you can on. get away with not having so many muscles. let's just give a shout out <laughs> that they didn't you know get someone with like h cup boobs okay thank you thank you for making right. her boobs look realistic yeah, that's right because evidently you know they she's not overly enhanced or some shit like that which drives me depends nuts. which volume you're looking well, at in i'm the not talking i'm not talking about the comics i'm talking about the movie so so along that lines, I'm happy with that. They didn't put somebody in there that has, you know, size F, H, boobs. Well, yeah, and take a look at the comics and, and how they portray the images of all the women in there. And, you know, that's one of the things I, I feel like they've done right in the movies is they don't. I, I'm trying to think now, you know, just off the top of my head here, but I don't feel like anybody is portrayed like that as far as the women go, like Captain Marvel, Mm-mm. Black Widow, Wonder Woman. 
in the movies. All the female in the characters in the movies in the for movies. sure. In the, in the movies. movies. Now the comics have a are not. Yeah, they oh, have, they're bad. They have an ongoing problem, <laughs> but uh, and I think it, it, that's yeah. very stereotypical. And and it's it's the uh, comics have evolved far too slowly as far as recognizing, hey, uh, guys, women read these too. You know, there's a lot of female comics fans out there who may be put off by the fact like, Jesus, look at the cleavage on this girl. I can't match up with it. You know, in this whole, especially for women who just get this shit shoved down their throat. This is what you're supposed to look like. Thank you. And they're like, I can't match that. <laughs> there's no hope of that. Yeah. You know, It's like, well, right. no, you're talking about competing with Wonder Woman. That's not going to happen. Right. Yeah. And in the movies, I feel like they do a better job portraying it than they do in the comics. That's 100% for sure. They but, Exactly. Yeah. There's not the over-sexualization of some of these characters that you Thank get you. in the comics. Thank you. I see I'm scoring points today, DP. I, I'm not okay. sure how, but help I'm... Me out, help me out, brother. <laughs> Got your back. You're my, you're my, you're my messier to my Gretzky or something <laughs> like that. So uh, are there... <laughs> Are there Wonder Woman stories that you've read? And I'm sure you've read quite a few Wonder Woman stories. Are there some that stand out to you, DP? I got to tell you, for the, on this side of it, for the Wonder Woman stuff, not as much. I mean, I tend to lean towards more just the Batman storylines and, and things, and I, I don't follow a lot of the Wonder Woman ones. It's been a while since I've read specific Wonder Woman comics. I can't... Fortunately, none of them popped to mind of like ones that really stood out for me, honestly. Well, then uh, I'm going to jump in here and give you <laughs> nerds out there at home, especially if you are the newer variety, if you are of the bandwagon variety, bandwagon nerds, new nerds, that sort of thing. And we are here to help you. Uh, here are some Wonder Woman stories to check out. My top ones, a uh, couple of honorable mentions, not many, because we know how uh, certain people who are in charge of this show do not like honorable mentions, Patrick. Uh, but uh, we've got... The, uh, the, there's like the Wonder Woman, the Golden Age Chronicles. I mean, you can go back and look at the early classic stories of Wonder Woman. There's some really good stuff in there, uh, you know, from the 1940s when she first kind of burst upon the scene. There's uh, there's some good stuff there. They're fun. They're easy to read. It's a very good intro introduction to Wonder Woman. Um, there's Challenge of the Gods, which is my honorable honor, my second honorable mention which is a lot of, I think this is the one, I'm trying to remember which one, is this the one where Cheetah first kind of gets, or one of the variations of Cheetah gets introduced? I think Zeus is trying to like, you know, Wonder Woman is basically created by Zeus, and I think Zeus is trying to kind of romance her, which creates its own misogynistic issues. But hey, it's still a very good read, that sort of thing. Uh, the one that I know you should be reading, Dan, for sure, and I can't even know if I pronounce this right, is the Hiketia, Hiketia. I'll just say this. The general concept of this is Wonder Woman versus Batman. That's really all you need to know. And with that standing alone, if you are interested in seeing Wonder Woman take on, and it's fascinating because there's like some gal, she's killed a, a sexual predator and she took the law in her own hands. So she's on the wrong side of the fence for Batman. Batman has his own morals. He's got to bring her in. She invokes some sort of, uh, I don't know what it, remember what it was, but it, it kind of binds Wonder Woman to her. And so Wonder Woman is bound to protect her. Batman is bound to bring her to justice. And uh, you can imagine that that's how that's going to go down. Great story. I mean, you know, Bat Superman's got a weakness that Batman can exploit. Wonder Woman, not so much. <laughs> so... It's yeah, uh, there. That would be actually an interesting one. <laughs> it's a it's a great story to read. There's parts where you know, uh, 
you know, Batman's like, don't make me go through you, Diana. And Wonder Woman kind of looks at him like, you can try <laughs> that sort of thing. And, uh, because uh, let's, you know, the great thing about Wonder Woman is from a power set standpoint, she's one of the few superheroes in the DC universe who can stand toe to toe with Superman without the use of kryptonite. And I don't know about beat him, but she can certainly hold her own, that sort of thing. If he's not holding back that sort of concept, but uh, that's definitely one to check out. Blood is number four on my list. It's uh, when the new 52 launched, they had uh, a bunch of series that launched. Uh, this is back in 2011. Some were good, some not so much, but Wonder Woman's launch uh, with the, uh, the storyline Blood, uh, fantastic. One of the best ones that they launched with the new 52. Uh, Gods and Mortals is my number three choice. Uh, maybe that's the one about Zeus. I don't remember. <laughs> One of these ones, there's, there's, I, there's they start one to mix together. They do. They start to mix <laughs> so together, many. but gods and mortals is generally regarded by lots of people as number one. And I'm just, I, I think I've confused myself as to which one is which, but go check it out. It's definitely worth your time. Uh, the circle is number two. This was, I think they launched this one after, uh, was this after infinity crisis? It was one of the reboots. Wonder woman doesn't have her powers in this one. She's been depowered cause she's not wearing her Amazonian clothing. That sort of thing. But she's still, it get you get to see just how awesome she is, even without all of her powers and without her lasso, because she just overcomes all the villains and that sort of thing. Uh, it's a great story. It's a different story. There's a, uh, I think it, this was done by a woman, which really helped the story out to kind of ground it and give it a different sort of feel to it. And my number one Wonder Woman story of all time is a League of One. This is basically Wonder Woman versus the Justice League. And with some... Uh, Big heavy mythology shown in there, including a, a big showdown with a dragon near the end of this thing. So a League of One, my number one Wonder Woman story of all time. You guys get a, a almost all those are in collected editions. So um, by all means, read that Wonder Woman, some good stuff, underrated character in some respects, getting the attention she deserves right now. So that was on the DC side. Then I want to flip to the Marvel side to talk to about one of the more complex characters, uh, Captain Marvel. And this time, Dan, I'll, I'll let you kick this one off because Captain Marvel is not just one character. There are multiple Captain Marvels and we're not even talking about Shazam from the DC universe who was known as Captain Marvel. Uh, we're just talking about the Captain Marvel character on the Marvel side of things is quite complex. Um, what are your thoughts on this character, DP? Well, the uh, Marvel, right? Yes. And, yes. Uh, yeah, there's there's a ton of different ones, um, you know, the. I think Marvel is is the one the most known one as far as following storylines and then things like that and uh, one of those characters that I think you know in the movie wise definitely was in in my opinion underrated or not utilized as much as it was in the comics because when it came to like the Thanos storyline and I know we'll get to that when we talk about you know ones you should read but. She, Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel was a huge component in the Thanos storyline of the, you know, in the Infinity Gauntlet and the Infinity Wars and is a is a huge character in comics and, and doesn't really get that. That doesn't come across as well in, in the movies because they kind of brought her in late. Uh, but I think they, they did a great job with the character and what they how they brought her in, but just wasn't there as much when you know you read these comics and you know where kind of where they all come from with the Cree and everything that it's a bigger race than what's you know portrayed and there's a lot going on with the, with those characters and essentially in in 
the books is one of the few that actually takes Thanos out, you know, in, in the movie, in the comics. So definitely stuff that they've been missing for sure. And is one of those polarizing characters in comics that you don't get to see unless you get in there and read a lot of these. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you raise some good points about Marvel and, and the origins of this character and where, you know, Captain Marvel is a, she's Cree, right? Or he's Cree. She's Cree. He, she, yeah. there's that sort of he, thing. It, it, uh, <laughs> the yes. captain is Cree. Uh, yeah. Babe, what did you think of Captain Marvel? I know you don't have a lot of experience with comics, but right. you did see the no, movie. But, but from the movie, I love her. I love her character. And, and it was, you know, to find out where she got her powers from. I mean, you know, that's kind of gut wrenching and, but, um, She's amazing. I mean, she's right up there with Wonder Woman. Of course, it, it seems she has more power than Wonder Woman. Um, but she's that'd be a good throwdown. Good. That'd be a good fight. That, yeah, she's that it's definitely it, a different uh, yeah set of yeah uh, set of superpowers set of skills, sure. right? And so um, she's amazing. And um, I don't. I guess I don't have really much to say about that beyond that. I like her. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, and Captain Marvel uh, started off as a male character and then uh, transitioned to Carol Danvers, who's probably regarded by more people as synonymous with Captain Marvel than Marvel was. Uh, but that's that's, you know, again, that's sort of recency bias a little bit in there. That's where they but but even uh, Carol Danvers went through several kind of uh, evolutions of things where she was she was originally Miss Marvel. Now, people who cur- read Marvel currently Think of Miss Marvel as oh uh, gosh, what the hell's her name? I forget her name. Uh, you could look her up, but uh, but I, it's it's a uh, oh, damn it. I know she's kind of like the first Muslim character that they put superpowers on right now, and she's got the ability to kind of shape shift a little bit and elongate her elongate her hands and stuff like that. But uh, she was not the first Miss Marvel. Carol Danvers was the first Miss Marvel, and then she became Captain Marvel on a story that I'm going to be talking about in a little while. At the urging of Captain America, Kamala Khan. That's that's Kamala who Miss yeah. Miss Marvel is. Kamala Khan. You know, see, it just it just takes the old mind a little bit longer <laughs> to get going, that sort of thing. But uh, she's a uh, Captain Marvel's uh, massively super powered character, cosmic powers, like like DP saying stood toe to toe and whooped Thanos's ass a couple times. Uh, you know, yeah. she's had. She's had now, I mean, you got Captain Marvel 2 coming up, and I know we've talked about like tie-ins and stuff like that to movies where they might introduce new characters. Um, Captain Marvel 2 might be a way that they can get Rogue and the X-Men involved in this thing because Captain Marvel and Rogue had a pretty heated rivalry when I think this was back when Captain Marvel was Miss Marvel and her and Rogue got into a, a bit of a thing and Rogue stole her powers and depowered her for quite some time. Uh what are you looking for as far as Captain Marvel 2? Is there some place you specifically want to see them go, DP? Not specifically, but I do like the tie-in because I would like to bring the X-Men into it a bit because there's there's definitely some crossover, like you, you know, like you mentioned, with, with Rogue and, you know, you know, getting, you know, Wolverine into this as well. You know, a bunch of these guys were part of it, and I'd like to see them. I think we mentioned uh, uh, Doom, Dr. Doom coming in. Yeah. Uh, possibly I'd love to see him come over as well. I don't know if that fits in exactly with the Captain Marvel story, but I think it fits in with the, just the Avengers and the whole MCU as far as the next big enemy. I'm not really sure who they would bring in as the, just the enemy for the, just this specific movie though. Um, Cause you obviously got to have some kind of 
antagonist. Right. And uh, but I can't think of anybody I'd want to see specifically as, as the one she goes against here. Yeah. I mean, and she's, uh, she's been a member of many teams over the years and, and not, not really so renowned for having individualistic villains. It's usually tied into a bigger scheme, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, I'm not yeah. sure what I want to see in Captain Marvel. I would like to see, I'm hoping that they're going to use that to bring in some characters. I'd like, love to see them bring in Rogue. I'd like, like you're saying, Wolverine, the X-Men, um, maybe a big, big time villain, a Dr. Doom. Maybe they use it to kind of get Galactus involved, that they're going in that direction. Um, stuff like that. That actually would be a good one because if she's going back to, you know, back to space or whatever and said, just call on me, you know, when you need me or whatever. Right. But having, having them bring that, that era into it would kind of be cool too to see them, Galactus or, you know, any right. of the cosmic characters that they brought in right. would be fun. And I, I, this just dawned on me. I had meant to ask you this when we were talking Wonder Woman. You got any speculation as to how Steve Trevor survived that plane crash and hasn't aged in 30 years in Wonder Woman 1984? <laughs> Uh, uh no me neither <laughs> he's it frozen was all... next to steve rogers and... <laughs> there you go two steves <laughs> oh shit wait steve trevor's <laughs> captain america we got steve rogers so got the wrong one we got the wrong one Could put him back on ice put him back on ice but um <laughs> anyway going back to captain marvel yeah underrated character for sure she's not looked at as the same renown as wonder woman and certainly not as visible in the public eye yet now that might change with the penetration of the MCU into the the public consciousness, that sort of thing. Assuming, like we said earlier, we ever get to go back to the movies. But uh, DP, it sounds like you've got some Captain Marvel stories that are uh, near and dear to your heart. Um, what do you recommend for the bandwagoners out there? Yeah, not I guess one hundred percent specific to Captain Marvel, but it's the I mean, just the Thanos the whole storyline in the uh, in the comics that they they've kind of booked. Uh, bulked together into a big graphic novel of you can go through the entire story of it it's about eight different books that has a you know just a bunch of different comics in it a lot of it's um you know adam warlock as well but it does a lot of focus on captain marvel because uh, it's the it's marvell's character not necessarily carol danvers but is captain marvel's character of his involvement with thanos and how basically them two are, are the biggest components in taking down Thanos where the, you know, in the movies it's a little bit different. So I loved reading those. That was kind of my favorite ones. There's a lot of Captain Marvel books, you know, or comics in this collection. It's not a hundred percent, you know, Captain Marvel, but they, it's a big part of it. And if you can get into the comics and read those, just the whole infinity war, infinity gauntlet. Um, and there's a handful of other ones, but it's like a, it's about an eight book series of them. Yeah. And they are phenomenal, I think, and just, you know, shine more light on, on these other characters that didn't get the focus in the movies, but are a huge component in the stories in the comic. Right. And you Ray, I mean, like you're talking the Infinity War, that sort of people should understand the Infinity Gauntlet was a seven series, a seven issue miniseries in uh, the Marvel. Captain Marvel's not even I don't even think he or she was in that. Uh, and it and it plays out not in that group. Not in that one, but yeah. Infinity War, which came up afterwards, where Adam Warlock was much more involved. Now that's a different story. There's Infinity War. There's um, there's there like you're saying. There's several Infinity yeah. tie-ins. There's the Infinity Gauntlet, Infinity War, and then uh, there's another there's one. A couple I can't remember the other ones, but yeah. there's I know yeah. for sure there's another one. It's on my comics. And there's list. a 
And there's another, there's a bunch of books that they put together and it is a handful of other random comics that just fill the story in, you know, it's different ones that are just a one on Adam Warlock or one on Captain Marvel. And then there's some on just the X-Men or uh, Fantastic Four. It's just a good collection of all of them. And, and to know, to see how it all came together is kind of, it's pretty neat. Yeah. Marvel's tremendous as far as like, they'll take a central storyline and there are so many branching tie-ins involving so many different characters that DC does that to a oh, certain yeah. extent, but Marvel I think is the king of that as far as just having, you know, yeah. I mean like civil war, how many different tie-ins are like 10 different tie-ins focusing on a different yeah. character, Iron Man, civil war, fantastic force of Spider-Man, you know, it, it's, it's, you'd you have can, to read every single collection of different superhero comics in order to get the whole thing to get it's it like, all it's to insane. get it all. Yeah. And at some point, yeah. it's got to say, well, it's like a video game. Do I want to be a completionist or do I just want to get the general storyline figured out and, and that sort of thing? But right. uh, but yeah, anything related to the Infinity War, there's a lot of stuff uh, for people. If you liked Infinity War, if you like the Infinity Stone saga, uh, if you're more interested in that, yeah, by all means, like Comixology, like you've said before, I think it's still 90 days free. Uh, man, go on sure there. Yep. Go on there and read your brains out. You can get a lot of stuff done with the Infinity Saga. Which is uh, like like DP saying, man, there's a lot, a lot of infinities. Just put in infinity something in the search bar, and shit's gonna go crazy. I mean, the infinity story itself, which comes much later on after the infinity stones are gone, is with all the parallel earths and everything colliding and that sort of thing. That's unbelievable, and that'll keep you busy yeah. for a month. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got any other good uh, Captain Marvel stories that jump out to you? Uh, no, that's, I mean, that's the big one for me. That was my favorite, uh, of all of them just to read all that and, and see how she ties into the, or, well, he, I guess, in, in this storyline tied in with everything. So yeah, that was the big one for me. Before I get to mine, I just, I wanted to ask both of you guys, you and my wife, uh, your thoughts on Brie Larson as Captain Marvel. Did they get that casting right? I feel like they did. I, you know, I think she fits the role really well. She's, you know, that kind of a that cocky type of pilot character or whatever that ends up stumbling kind of in a way, stumbling into this role of superpowers and superheroes. And, you know, is one of those that like, seems like, you know, cause the way she, they, she stumbles into the powers, unlike, you know, how Wonder Woman got them basically is, you know, you need that kind of character that's powerful enough to handle it, but scared in what she can do or how to handle it and is working her way into understanding what you know her role and how she does things and how she can help so i, I think they did a pretty good job with that uh, with that one i had no preconceived ideas about who or what captain marvel was and watching the movie i completely accepted her and embraced her so i have no complaints i like her she did a great job yeah, she she's working her way through her own in the character and never once did I feel like she was awkward or not right for the part. Yeah, I think they got it pretty well. I, I'm curious to see what they do with the second one. I think her performance will shine through a little bit more once they get to Captain Marvel 2. Um, I, I did like her in uh, in Endgame. That was for sure. You know, uh, that mm-hmm. where she came in and kind of was the cavalry a little bit for Peter Parker uh, with that sort of thing, uh, you know, and she she was a game changer with uh, when everything's going downhill for them in Endgame and then the ships have to turn their attention on her. So that was a kind of a game changer. But I, I like the casting of, of Brie so far. We'll see where that goes as uh, things progress. 
my uh, my Captain Marvel stories here's uh, I got only one honorable mention this time, and my top five on top of that honorable mention one is the life of Captain Marvel, which is just kind of a different variation on her origin story. There's a few of those Marvel reboots, not as much as DC. I mean, when Marvel reboots, it's not like some cataclysmic universe shattering event every time like DC. How many times has the DC universe been just absolutely destroyed and rebuilt? But uh, <laughs> Life of Captain Marvel is kind of a, a rebooting of that sort of thing. They got uh, Car- n- number five is called Carol Danvers, the Miss Marvel years. It's kind of a when she was Miss Marvel and some of her earlier stories. Uh, well, actually, I think it's from the second volume of her as Miss Marvel, if I'm remembering correctly. Then number four is uh, this woman, this warrior. Now that's Miss Marvel. Like it's like this epic collection. They've got the first fourteen editions of Miss Marvel from I think '77 when they first did that. Uh, you get to get a good idea of uh, of her origin story uh, and, and just kind of where Miss Marvel started from. Uh, number three is is one that um, it's the only one with Marvel on it, and it's one of the more powerful stories that I've ever read in the Marvel universe, and it's the death of Captain Marvel. It's um, one of the first graphic novels that Marvel ever did. I think it's called Marvel Graphic Novel Number 1. And this is where Marvel dies from cancer. Now, you would think that there's no way a superhero with the powers of Captain Marvel could die from cancer. But this cancer is given to him, and they can't cure it. You know, And, and, and it's so powerful because here is one of your superheroes succumbing to this condition that when this comes out, I mean, cancer was a death sentence and, you know, this is like early eighties, maybe late, late eighties, something like that. So cancer, cancer was, and it still is bad. Let's not kid ourselves, but it was a, you know, a death sentence back when this happened. So they touched upon a subject that was very difficult for a lot of people to deal with. And they gave it to captain Marvel and they keep trying to cure it and come up with different ways. And they never can. And he succumbs to this thing. Marvel succumbs to this thing with all the Marvel Cinematic Universe hanging around him at his bedside. It's very powerful. It's um, it's quite sad that sort of thing. But it's a, it's a it's an uh, be almost essential reading if you want to know anything about Captain Marvel or Marvel or anything like that. Read the death of Captain Marvel. It's it's a fantastic, difficult story to get through that sort of thing. Um, number two is higher. For, what is this higher further faster more this is a, a captain marvel kind of a um she ends up going she's like helping some alien girl get back to her society and it's embroiled in the middle of this galactic conflict i think the guardians of the galaxy are involved in this thing as well it's a, a fantastic story one of the more recent captain marvel reboots and my number one is called in pursuit of flight this is really where at captain america's urging she drops the Miss Marvel moniker and becomes Captain Marvel and then gets caught back in a time suck in the World War II and kind of has to fight her way through time to get back to the modern time. And, and, and it's it's the evolution where she kind of evolves from Miss Marvel into Captain Marvel. That's my number one Captain Marvel story of all time. Yeah, good stuff all the way around, man. I'm, I'm glad I got to do the comic spotlight with you. We don't get to do that enough, you know, and, and it's it's kind of a fun little oh. diversion diversionary topic. Yeah, that's no, fun, and it gives it gives the readers, uh, you know, something to go read. Yeah. <laughs> you know, go read if you're Focus a reader. On try something new. Try you know? something new. Exactly. Go read up about these iconic characters that you only have scratched the surface. Like Dan saying, with Infinity War, man, there is just a a plethora of information dealing with the Infinity Gauntlet saga. Well, yeah, 
And, you know, if you love the movies and things like that, it's a lot of those, you know, same as, you know, reading like Lord of the Rings or, the, you know, or, or Harry Potter's, right? The movies are great and everything, but, you know, give the give the book a chance. And it's yeah. it's definitely, in a way, sometimes different. You know, reading uh, like Ready Player One. Yes. Like I watched the movie and thought the movie was awesome. I went back and read the book. The book is it's even better. Like, in a way, completely different, but it's yeah. better. Right. I thought it was way better. Right. So, you know, you might find something you love here if you re- go back and read some of this stuff and yeah, learn where origins came from that, that aren't shown in the movies and things like that. Yeah, like you raise a good point. Ready Player One, it's like, where's the uh, where's the hidden den that they got to go in and do joust in the basement or something like that? You know, that or the in the right. dungeon. Oh, that's not in there. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that sort there. of thing. Yeah, playing against this whatever devil character or whatever that you got to beat in joust. Yeah. Like, yeah, not there. Like they you know, they modernized it to a sense to for games that people recognize or are better on a big screen, you know, and a, a gigantic race with cars is yes. definitely more entertaining to watch than some guy sitting there pressing buttons on a joust machine. So <laughs> that's, this yeah. is, this is very, very true. DP, very true. <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah, like you said, it's, it's definitely worth checking out. I mean, infinity gauntlet, if you love the infinity war and end game, then go read infinity gauntlet. It's completely different ends completely different than uh than the, the movies did and it's all about it's all about you know trying to uh, impress death you know that's that's the thing that they didn't oh. if i had a, any complaint about the thanos stuff is they really didn't ever focus on that in the movies that his whole motivation is to impress lady death she's nowhere to yep. be found other than maybe a loose mention of her as hella in ragnarok and that's not the same character yeah yeah oh. that was that was his end game was he was just infatuated with her and wanted to you know, impress her and, and, and never could do it. Just never got there. And no matter what he did, just didn't work. Never worked. But well, my friend DP, uh, I think that's all we've got the time for this week, man. We've run through quite a bit of stuff despite not having Patrick guide us to the finish line. I think we got there right. in one piece. We didn't wreck anything. I think we nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. We, we nailed it. We didn't you know? hit. We didn't, we didn't wreck into the wall and turn four or anything like that. We did. All right. <laughs> So before I let, I think you steered, I think you steered the ship very well. Well, I've got a little experience in ship steering, as you know. So, (laughs) but, uh, before I let you captain, my captain (laughs) and a special (laughs) thank you to my lovely wife for, uh, filling in with her comedic stuff here and there and offering up great opinions on the boys and, and some, uh, those boys need their ass whooped. Yeah, they do. And I have a feeling, (laughs) um, Maeve and starlight and, a named girl are going to hand it to him. Mm, something to look forward to. Happy Father's Day. It's time for an ass whooping. So, yeah. <laughs> DP, before I let you go, man, let people know where can they find you? Where can they find the DWI podcast and all that other goodness that's out there? Well, I'm all over the worldwide social media interwebs, and it's me, DPP. And the DWI podcast, as you mentioned, is drops uh, every Saturday. And you can follow that on Twitter at Podcast DWI or on the Facebooks at Facebook.com slash DWI Podcast. And don't forget to also check out the brand new podcast, The Winner Is You, yes. uh, which is hosted by yours truly and a few other of the boys, where we talk all things gaming and video games. And we'd also have started doing some video game reviews. That one the first one went up on Thursday, was it? No, Friday. Ooh, what did Came you on re- on Friday. What did you review? I, did. I reviewed Super Mega Baseball 3. Hmm. 
which if you are a baseball fan, it is a phenomenal game. And if you remember, was on my top 50 all-time video games That's as well right. when we it did our was. list. It was. Uh, was number two was on my list, and number three just came out a couple weeks ago. So it is an awesome baseball game. If you're, you know, if you're a novice or an expert, you can you can play that one and have some fun for sure. So you can check that one out too. I I put all that stuff out on my personal Twitter page at it's me DPP, and we also set up a Facebook page at facebook.com slash a winner is you the letter U for that awesome. one. Awesome. It's, it's excellent stuff. Uh, you guys are very knowledgeable. I listened to that first episode. Fantastic stuff, man. Keep up the great work. Yeah. Uh, no hate tweets I this think, week. Uh, next week. No, <laughs> no hate, hate tweets. We, oh, we, we, we got nobody to send hate tweets to. So no more hate tweets. Just send your nice tweets. If you want to get in touch with me, it is at attitude, AGG on Twitter or facebook.com slash attitude of aggression. I'm not going to give you my personal information because I got enough morons who are trying to friend me on there for no reason at all. It's like, oh, we have no mutual friends. Hmm. That's going to be a scam. <laughs> so, uh, yes. So we will be back next week. Patrick will be rejoining us. So we, uh, we will have our guests from Odyssey Game Empire next week. That's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to, I'm sure we'll talk space balls after we write the reviews this week. We'll see what happens with our poll. Which one of these slapstick comedies is going to get reviewed next? And uh, until next time, folks. Get outside while it is kind of hot. So maybe you don't want to get out. You know what? Stay in the basement. Just stay in the basement where you're safe. You don't have to get outside. You've been listening to Bandwagon Nerds on the Chairshot.com, Chairshot Radio Network. Happy Father's Day, everybody. We'll be talking to you soon.